Colossians chapter 3. I've been pastoring a church going on two years now, and so I've been doing some, uh, uh, I guess, a series of sermons out of several different topics and whatnot. And I got caught up in the third chapter of Colossians, and I mean, I've, I've done, what, eight, eight or nine messages right through there in 17 verses. I mean, I get barely anything done, but that's just the way God is, isn't it? Amen. It's so rich. Amen. Yeah. It's yes. so deep. It's it so wonderful is what that is yeah. to us tonight. Yes. And so this is the last one that uh, uh, I looked at, and that was just, I believe, last week. And the beautiful thing about it is my wife's never heard this, uh, this topic or this uh, thing that I don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about, 100%, but she had to be in children's church, I believe, last time. So this is a, it's a wonderful thing. So we're in Colossians chapter 1, uh, excuse me, uh, I meant Colossians chapter 3. I did tell you that, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we're going to be looking at 15 through 17. But let me just sort of open it up. So this whole uh, third chapter of Colossians is... Is quite impressive. Uh, I'll just give you an idea of what's come out of this. In, in verse 1, he says there, If then ye be risen with Christ, right. seek those things which are above, mm-hmm. where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above and not on the things on earth, for ye are dead. Now this is what I preached a little bit last time at your church. Only I just preached on the dead and the live part. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for you are dead and your life is hid. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Hid with Christ in, in God. God. Hid right. with Christ in God. That's what Jesus said when, when he said that we're in the Father's hands. He said, we're in your hand. You're in my hands. All right. yeah. He said, but my Father's greater than me. You're in his hands also. Uh-huh. So it's we're hid what about that? in Christ in God. I just love that. So throughout this... this uh, these verses of Scripture here, I come up with a few topics there, and I talked about the position of the new man and how, according to God, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. That's our position. You say, I don't feel like a new creature. I don't care what you feel like. Uh Amen? (laughs) Whatever uh, the Bible says, that's what we are. Isn't Uh that right? Uh And then we talk about the progression of the new man. Look right down there just a little bit. He said there's some things we've got to do. Verse 5, mortify therefore. That word therefore is, uh, sends you back a little bit. But since we've been risen with Christ, we've got to mortify those things in our earthly members up on the earth. And he mm-hmm. talked about fornication and, mm-hmm. and a lot of those sins that we ought not to be addressing in our life. And he says, so that's sort of the progression. Then he talked about those thought sins down there and some of those word sins. You pick those up in verse 8, but now uh-huh. you also put off these anger, <laughs> wrath, malice, blasphemy, okay? Then he talked about the partnership, the partnership <coughs> of the new man. And that is, look there in verse uh, number 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, uh-huh. barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in 
Oh, so we've got a lot of partners. They might not be the partners that we picked, uh -huh. but that's the partners that God picked, and they come from all walks of life. Isn't I that mean, wonderful? Yes. I and I talked about those Scythians. I don't know if you know anything about them Scythians. That's a, a rough bunch. Uh -huh. They're even worse than the barbarians. I mean, oh, they couldn't my. even talk plain. They would drink the blood of their enemies. Now, we're talking about back in the ones right. they're talking about. They would use the scalps of those of their enemies for napkins. I'm not lying. They would drink out of the skull. And he says, we've even got some Scythians that got mm -hmm. right with God. Can I get a witness right through that? Amen. 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 And so we talked there. And then we talk about the apparel of the new man. And here we put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. And that's a, I preached a sermon on those three words. The elect of God, holy and beloved. <laughs> that right there it is. Uh -huh. You take them three words, brother, you can preach a week on it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's how rich this is right through here. Amen. It is amazing. You're and then right. he goes on God bless to talk him. about what we have. We have kindness and humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. And then we come to what we're going to talk about today, and that's the priorities God bless of the new man. Let's pray to the Lord. Father, we pray that we would die to ourselves, that Jesus would be lifted up. We pray that we would decrease, that you would increase. We pray that your Spirit might fill this place, Father, and that we would hear from you not from a lowly servant, Father. I'm weak and lowly, and that's a fact. And I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. We, we leave it all to you, Father, and ask you to help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at those three verses. You know, it's a new year, isn't it? And I try to make a sort of a pact with the Lord. It's not a New Year's resolution. All year, I'm going to work on something. Uh -huh. When I started this about seven years ago, my first thing was remain calm at all times. And I, was that right, honey? Uh -huh. I was bad to get a little afraid. Uh -huh. And I said, I'm going to remain calm. So I put a big sign up over my desk, and it says, "Remain number one, remain calm at all times. Well, number two, refer to number one. Amen. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I would hang verses up everywhere, you know. Uh, be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. Amen. And so for a year, mm. I remained calm. And my attitude changed, didn't it, honey? Mm -hmm. That's right. And then each of the seven years uh, since then, I took another little something and I practiced it 365 days. And after that 365 days, it is literally melted into your mind and it is just a natural thing that you do. I've lost uh, 80 pounds. One, one year, it was the year of getting in shape, amen? And it was amazing. And, and this all year, I've done everything. Now, you couldn't make me eat something that's not right, okay? Uh -huh. I'm just letting you know. Uh -huh. Because it's in me. I can't do it. You can, and so, anyway, the reason I said that uh -huh. is because I see in here, in these scriptures, three great priorities that the new man can use to help them find greater traction in the Christian life. 
Isn't that what we're after? Greater traction in the Christian life. It seems like if you're like me, I'm going to tell you what I do. I'll climb and go up about four steps and fall back about five. Isn't that right? And I'll I'll go forward about three and go back about two. Uh That's just the way it is Uh in our life as Christians. But I would like to get some traction this year. And I hope that you would too. So let's pick up in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. I'm going to give you three things to think about tonight. I'll give them to you right up front. How's that sound? Number one, to get great traction, one of the priorities is let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. I'm going to talk about that. Number two, let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And number three, let the name of Christ guide us into all things. Amen. It's a worthy name. Amen. Amen. Yes, it is. Number one, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Take note to that word rule right there. You see it? That word rule. That that word means to umpire. To referee. Uh That's what it means. That's what it meant back in those days. They had sports events. They had a lot of that stuff going on. And that word means to referee or to rule. So the peace of God. If we're supposed to let the peace of God rule in our life, we better know what the peace of God is. Amen? Then we'll know whether it's ruling or not in our life. So what is the peace of God? That's important. So the peace of God is both a fact... And it is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It is a fact and it is a feeling. The Greek word for peace means a pact, an agreement, a treaty, or a bond. Uh-huh. I like to think of it as a peace treaty. Uh-huh. And the Hebrew concept of peace means an attitude of peace, of rest, of security. You know I, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, so that's yeah. two different ways to look at peace. So here we have both aspects of the peace of God. One deals with the facts. Okay? One deals with our feelings. First, let's talk about the facts of God's peace. When we came to Jesus Christ, we made an agreement with Jesus Christ. You say, how? How did we do that? Now, you may want to just sort of hold your Bible there and go over to Romans chapter 5 verse 1 mm-hmm. and, and I want to explain this. Now we're going to take a ride down Route 66 here so I may ask you to turn but we're always going to come back right here to Colossians, okay? Nice so Romans on. chapter 5 verse, verse 1 explains what I'm trying to tell you. He says, therefore having been justified by faith 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through faith, through faith, he said it's by faith, yes. we signed a treaty. Right, right. Through faith, we signed a truce uh -huh. with God. You see, Romans 5.10, you see, prior to this, you and I were at war with God. As Brother Pruitt said earlier, just look on down there to chapter 5, verse 10. Clearly that says that we were enemies of God, but were reconciled to God. How? Through the death of His Son. So we believe the treaty was paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and now for us, the war is over. Yes. That is a fact. Amen. You don't have to feel any way. That's right. There's nothing you need to feel there. The Bible says it's a fact that Jesus Amen. died, That's and it. through faith in Him, Amen. we get to write our name down there because of that believers are at rest and secure. Paul said, Blessing God. Listen to me. I think what, what I'm talking about here is we joined his side. He took our names and placed them in the Lamb's book of life. And when we stand before him in heaven, he's going to come there and prove it. There you are, brother. He's going to come down there. He say, Warren, Gregory, right there. I don't know what day it was. He might even have the day then right there. And it, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We joined his side. We were given new life and the old man has died we yes. saw that in chapter 3 verse 1 and so because of that believers are at rest with God at peace with God we're secure with God but let me just you, you already know this verse but at all we're talking about the peace of God now uh -huh. in Philippians 4 7 you might want to jot it down if you want to shoot over there to it you can Bless him more. He's, Paul says this and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. There's so much there. I could preach a week on that right there. Sure. But he says it's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. You say, well, I, I just don't understand this. I, I just don't... I, things have not added up correctly. I, I don't understand why I should have peace you don't have to. As a matter of fact, he says you can't. That's right. Right. It passes all understanding. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Everything. If you try to figure it out, you ain't going to get it. Uh-uh. Amen. Right. It's peace that passes all understanding. And he says here, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You don't have to define it. Amen. You don't have to explain it. No. You don't have to diagram it. Uh -uh. You can't do it. No. He said, let that peace rule in your hearts and minds. He said, it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus gave us this peace I'm talking about. Back in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Didn't He say that? God bless and in you. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, Paul said, Ye who were afar off uh -huh. have been made nigh. Yeah. How? By the blood yeah. of Christ. Amen. He says, For He is our peace. Amen. Uh -huh. Can we get a witness in Amen. here? Yes. 
So we're to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. You know what, brother? Prove it. It's as if with His own blood on the cross, Jesus wrote a treaty. Mm -hmm. He wrote a covenant. Jesus wrote a bond, an agreement with all of us. And from now on, you and I are at peace with God. Oh, that's, a fact. Yes, that's a fact. What a marvelous, magnificent fact. Yes. And it has nothing to do with your feelings. Amen. The Bible says it. Yeah. It's finished. Amen. You can't understand it. Uh, you may never understand it. And you may never feel it. Uh, but God that's a fact. Uh, don't get me wrong. I believe Lord. in feelings too. Yeah. Okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a fact. Uh, blessing Lord. In, it's the peace of God. I'm at peace with God. Mankind is hostile yes. towards God. True. Yes. We are not. True. It is a fact that uh, they run from God, the yes. Bible says. They yeah. won't come to the light. Right. No man seeketh after right. God, right. but we run to Him. Yeah. When yeah. the bottom drops out, when the world goes upside down, God bless when we you. don't know where to turn, when we've done wrong, what do we do? We run to Him. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Isn't that a fact? Yeah, it it's a fact that the gospel is about man making peace with God. Yes. A man who once was at war with God yes. has made peace. Wonderful. So what does this mean to us now? What does that mean? Can we get any practical application out of this? We can. Practically... He's referring to this, to anything we're involved in, whatever decisions we make, or whatever we're contemplating daily in our life. Our decisions should reflect the fact that we're on Christ's side. Yes. That we represent His kingdom. God bless Him. You understand? It is a fact that we're children of God. It's a fact that we are God's seed. It's a fact that we're ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And when we make a decision in life, it needs to reflect the fact that we're on that team. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. God bless Him. Okay. Yes. So we represent His kingdom. So when a problem comes into our life and we ask, should we do this or should we do that? We must remember whose side we're on. Right. Right there. It's what we're doing agreeable with the fact that we are now at peace with God and on the same side. God bless him. Now, bless I appreciate him. this opportunity to come up here and I know that I can't preach like these fine men, but I'm going to do the very best that I can. Amen. Amen. I want to try to make it very understandable for all of us. Amen. You see, That's if fine. we're not careful... We're going to be helping score points for the other team. Yeah. Have you ever seen those sports bloopers? And I tell you, I made some of them back in the day. You talk about playing football, uh -huh. and we had basketball and this and that. You ever seen one of those football plays where this guy gets all discombobulated and messed up and get, jumps up and starts running the wrong way uh -huh. toward the other teammates go? You've seen that, haven't you? Uh -huh. And he's going just as flat out as fast. And his own team had to run after him and try to tackle him. Uh -huh. He was scoring points for the other team. Uh -huh. God bless and I, in basketball, you'll be down up there and you'll be on the offensive board and you're on defense and you jump up there and get that rebound and you forget where you're at and you go right back up and shoot it in. Uh -huh. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lord, help us. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> if we're not careful, we're going to be blocking for the wrong runners. God bless you. Uh -huh. If we don't remember whose team we're on. Amen. Amen. We're going to be assisting Satan. Yes. In his kingdom. Yes. 
Mm. Satan has his own team. We need to remember we're not on that team. Is that right? Amen. Amen. But there's a second aspect of peace, and you know it too. It is that inner feeling of rest and calm. I like that piece. Oh, yeah. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? It is. And uh, it's very crucial also. So will our decisions or actions leave us with a deep and abiding peace yeah, in our lessons. heart? When he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, he's talking about that too. Not only is it ruling as to what team we're on, what we're going to choose, but if we're making decisions, we need to let that peace of God, if that peace of God's not there, He's throwing a flag on the play. Right. You understand? Yes. He's blew the whistle on That's us. That's right. Right. You know it. If we're not careful, He'll move the chains back on us just a little bit. Right. Come on. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, remember, our decisions, will they, our decisions or actions leave us with a deep abiding peace in our heart. Remember, Paul uses the word rule or umpire or referee. So let the peace of God be the umpire in our life. This good stuff That's now. Right. Yeah. Now listen up here. Yeah. This world's a complicated mess. Isn't that right? It is. And sometimes we don't know what decisions to make. Uh -huh. sure. And we've got a Holy Spirit. Right. That gives us peace yes. and joy yes. and all the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. You better make use of the Holy Spirit now. Yes. Amen. That's good. And when you're making a decision and the peace departs from you, that's a flag on the plane. That's right. Yeah. And he said, you better rethink this right now. Uh huh. That's good. Amen. God help him. You got a problem? You need to make a decision? Are you teetering in the middle of something? Let the peace of God make the decision. That's for right. You. Isn't that right? The umpire in that decision is going to be, will it give you peace? Will it give my soul peace? Will it give rest to my soul? Will it bring calmness, calmness to my soul? Will it give me a sense of confident security that God is in this? Bless him, Lord. So it's both a fact and a feeling. Right. So we should let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Rule in our lives. That's good. If we have a decision to make, if we need insight, if we need someone to be the umpire, to throw a flag, to call a foul, to blow a whistle, just let the peace of God rule in our heart. He'll throw a flag. He'll withdraw His peace. And that's how we choose what we need to do. Why? Because sin offends Christ and it grieves the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh -huh. Thus, it grieves the heart of God. And I don't like the way I feel after I've done sin. How about you? That's right. I've made the wrong decisions. I've said the wrong things. I've went the wrong way. And boy, doesn't it grieve you, right? Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Bless you, Notice Lord. further, verse 15. God bless B, you. B, the very second part. We must let the peace of God be the umpire in our life. To the which also ye are called in one body. To the which also you are called into one body. You see, peace is objective. Now what that means is God we can think you. about it. We can think about peace. Hey, I'm on Christ's side. Okay? 
I'm on his team. I ought not be doing that. I ought not be seen doing that. that. That's not something Christ would do. That's not something he'd expect out of me. That's not something he told his disciples they could do. I'm in the wrong way. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It says it in the Word of God. It's settled forever in heaven. And that's just the way it is. God bless him. That's objective. It's also subjective. You, you can feel it inside. Sure. Right. You know, it's there. And you, you're like, oh man, I just I didn't feel right about what I said to that person. You've done it. Oh yeah. You've left and said, I can't believe I said that. Right. I can't believe that came out of my mouth. Or I, I can't believe I didn't help that person. Right. Isn't that right? Yeah. Sure. That's the subjective part. But it's also, notice it's it's relational. The peace of God. Peace with one another. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? The sons of God. Peacemakers. And what did he say there? Look at it. To the which also you are called into one body. We're not individuals in here. We're one body. Amen. Amen. We better have peace. What peace? One with another. And those who have peace with God in their hearts are to live in unity and harmony one with another. Believers are called to live in peace in one body. Amen. Amen. Then he says this. We're not going to pass over a word. Thank you. And be ye thankful. Isn't that right? Amen. You know how to keep your heart peaceful? Be thankful. I try. Amen. God help us. Be thankful. Keep Amen. on thanking God for everything. Right. That's good. I, I saw this past week, or a couple of weeks ago, there was that Gosh, lady yeah. soccer player. You may have seen her. She's got multiple hair, dude. Wow. I think she's teeter-tottering between being a man and a woman. I don't know all that. Blessing God. But she had won every accolade a soccer player could ever win. Sure. Every award you could ever win. She had broke through the, the, the money ceiling. She made more money than any soccer player in the history of the ladies' team. Uh-huh. Right, right. She had played on multiple championship teams. She had been best player. I mean, there was nothing she hadn't got. Right. But in her last game, she was playing hard and she hurt her ankle. She broke her leg or something went wrong. And when they was interviewing her, she said, if you need any proof there's not a God, this is proof. I don't believe in a God. Mm-mm. You know what she was? Unthankful. Amen. Unthankful. Unthankful. She had won everything. And she was unthankful. Well, I'm about to. You know, some people treat God like whatever the last thing He's done or not done for us. Uh-huh. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. He says, be thankful. Keep thanking God for everything. It's amazing how peaceful we will be. You know what ingratitude is? Unthankfulness is? It's really the mark of unbelievers. Oh, yeah. It's in the list in Romans 1.21. That's right. They are unthankful. Amen. They are ungrateful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us not find ourselves that way. Humble gratitude is to, is to rule in our heart as well. God Amen. bless you. And number two, we're on the second verse here. Blessing we're on uh, verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now the word of Christ refers to the revelation Jesus brought into the world, which is Scripture. Amen? 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. And then he goes on to say, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we yeah. beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, uh -huh. full of grace and truth, well, peace, unity, and thankfulness. All required virtues flow from a mind that is controlled by the Scripture. Now listen to me. We've got to look at that word right there. Let the word of Christ dwell. Now, dwell here means to be at home. You've heard of the dwelling, yes. right? Yes. So it needs to be at home. Paul tells believers here to let the word of Christ take up residence right. and be at home in their life. Let the word of Christ not be a stranger to us. Oh, let it man. be settling there. Let man. it be living there. Let right. it be growing yes. there. Now, don't get me wrong. Every now and then I walk through the house and I say, honey, what's this right here? I've never seen that here before. Uh -huh. And she's went out and brought, brought some little something. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I'm just playing a little bit right there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But we ought to let the Word of God be at home Amen. in our dwellings, right. at home in our, in our life. He's saying here, let the Word of Christ not be a stranger to us. Amen. Now, the word richly here is best thought of as abundantly. Abundantly, richly. And it's the word they talked about when uh, Blessing God. in the Bible it talks about abundance, like abundant mercy, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. Abundant grace. Uh -huh. And here it's the same word, richly is that same word. It's, it's the idea of a creek that the water is come up over the top of the creek <coughs> and it's rolling out. Uh -huh. And that's what he wants. The Bible says out of our belly shall come rivers yes. of living yes. water. Now, this is what he's talking about right here. And so, we have to understand that the truth of Scripture should permeate every aspect God. of a believer's life and govern our every word, our every thought, and our every deed. Bless him, man. So, God the Word him. of Christ is to dwell in us abundantly. Now, how is the Word going to do that. Bless him, God. I've got a little sermonette inside of a sermon. I'm going to give you four little quick points here. Bless him, God. Number one, four things we must do with the Word. We need to heed it. Heed the Word. Matthew 13, 9. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Handle it. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, uh -huh. rightly dividing the word of truth. Now that's tent language. It's what that is. Paul was a tent maker. Yes. And all when he says handling it properly, right here, rightly dividing the truth, it's like cutting sides of a tent, cutting parts of a tent. Uh -huh. They have to all line up. It's talking about people's doctrine. God they can have a monstrosity of doctrine right, because right. They, they're not interpreting the Bible correctly. You've got this crazy looking tent over there. You ever come across somebody, well, I believe this, this, and this. I'm like, whoa, that's some crazy stuff in my yeah. mind. You know? yeah. <laughs> because they're not rightly dividing the word of right. truth. That's Amen. Yes. Uh -huh. And so Paul. I want you to turn to this little bit of Scripture here. Go back to Acts. Leave your place there. Acts 20. And this is very, very uh, needful that we should look at this. And I'm just going to use little portions of these Scriptures so we can move on to the next thing. So Acts chapter 20 and verse 27. Paul says... Now, Paul here, while you're turning there, 
he was going to Rome. He didn't know what was going to happen to him. And all the Ephesian folks, the elders, came down to meet him on the road. And, and he was trying to encourage them. Amen? Now, the Ephesians church was a, a real hub of activity back in those days, but he sure. couldn't get up there to it because he was, I think, maybe even in chains at this point. I, I got to go back and look at that. Anyway, so he says in Acts 20, verse 27, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, look down there in verse 29. He says, because there shall be grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flocks. Okay? Now here's another thing. Look here in verse 30. He says, of your own selves. Yes. Of your own church. Of the people that's sitting beside you. Mm. You see that? Yes. Of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to what? Draw away disciples after yeah. them. Mm. Now what is he saying? It's got to go back to our motif. They're drawn after the wrong team. That's right. That's why we have to know our Bible. Amen. That's why the Word of Christ must dwell in us richly. Amen. That's how Jehovah's Witnesses snatch their people. God bless. Amen. That's how those Seventh-day Adventists snatch their people. Right. And those Mormon people snatch those people. And these crazy lunatics out here right. snatch those people. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They're living against God and Christ. He's writing to the church, folks. God bless so you. we're to spend our lives studying the Word. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now here, this is going to be very important here. Greg's you. been with me on these trips before. Bless him, God. Pray for me. Bless him, God. I want you to turn to Ephesians 5.18. Bless him, Lord. And hold your place there in Colossians 3.16. We're going to do some comparative study here, brother. Can we do that? Bless him, Lord. Amen. So Colossians 3.16 is paralleled in Ephesians 5.18, which says, look at it, and be not, we're in Ephesians 5, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's stop right there. He's talking about, let me make it plain to us, and I don't know how you interpret it, but I'm going to tell you how I interpret it, how I believe it. In the same way a person that's drunk God bless is him. under the influence Amen. of alcohol. Yes. Don't do that. Instead, be under the influence Amen. of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. Amen. 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 And that is very clear that where we're at there. Uh -huh. Yes. Right. You, we can see when you're drunk and you're running that mouth. Amen. Uh -huh. And we can see when you're under the, the, the total control of the Holy Spirit and you're a humble person. Yes. Right. And meek in all of the things that the Holy Spirit has in our lives. God and then he goes, notice what it, what's going to happen. What are the results? Look at verse 19. We'll be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always. Have we seen that yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, it's essentially the same right, right there. It's the, really the exact same response in chapter 5 of Ephesians of being filled with the Spirit that we have in Colossians 3 of being filled richly 
by the word of Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 3. And look at there what happens when you're filled with all wisdom, letting the word of Christ dwell in you. He says, teaching and admonishing one another, the same as speaking to one another. And then he goes in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Feel it's the exact same response. So that's, don't you think that's a little interesting? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Isn't that wonderfully interesting Amen. right there? Wonderful. You know what the conclusion is for me? It's very simple. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen. What does it mean to be filled with the Word of Christ? It's to let the Spirit dwell in you richly. Think about this. Give us some thought. Really, let's open our minds. God bless him. Who wrote the Bible? The Holy Ghost. Who moved upon men? Yes. Who moved upon men to write that down? Yes. It's the same thing. Amen. 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 This is rich. I love it so much. So, so listen, the indwelling Word of Christ in our heart and in our mind is the handle by which the Holy Spirit turns our will. What did Jesus say would happen when the Spirit came? He'll remind you of those things which I've taught you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Are we, are we catching this? Uh -huh. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, yeah. It's it beautiful. beautiful. They literally do the same thing. Some God say that if you're filled with the Spirit, we go spiritually berserk and we do all kinds of crazy things. Things. I don't find that in the Bible. Uh -huh. There's no slain in the spirit. There's no barking like dogs. There's uh -huh. no holy laughter. Uh -huh. Now that's of the devil. I'm just going to go ahead and name it. Bless God. It ain't right. And you better stay away from it. Uh -huh. It's just not right. Uh -huh. oh, Satan, he wants to mimic stuff. And I don't know even where he's mimicking that from. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I went over to Haiti and saw some of them people like that that were doing voodoo. If you want to mimic that, then pull that on it. No, to be filled with the Spirit means we're dominated by the Word. We're filled with His Word. His Word is part of us. His Word saturates us. His Word overflows Amen. out of us. Notice that He says, if we will let the peace of God rule, and if we let the Word of Christ dwell in us in all wisdom, what results will we see? Look there in Colossians 3. He tells us, he said we'll be teaching and admonishing one another. In, in, in Ephesians it says speaking to one another. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay? It's, it's the same. Right. Okay? Yeah. You got me? Isn't it beautiful? Submitting. Even in Ephesians it says submitting to one another in the fear of God. When you submit to somebody, they've admonished you. God bless him. They've admonished you and you say, you're right, brother. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Amen? Uh-huh. You, do you see how, yeah. how close these tr travel together here? Uh -huh. I just think it's a beautiful thing. I don't know how I learned it. God showed that to me. I hope you like it. That's all yeah. Because it's Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, what are we talking about here? He's saying we'll interact with all wisdom, that is divine wisdom, and when we do that, we're going to teach each other. That's show what is positive. That's, that's positive. We're going to teach each other. Amen? But that's admonish each other. That's sort of a negative. Correct. We're going to tell them 
Uh, you know, positive is saying do this and do that. That's good. Admonishing is saying don't do this. That's not a good idea. That's not right. Brother, I love you. But the bridge is out down the road when you're doing this. I had to admonish your brother the other day. I saw that he was drinking and he's acting a little crazy. I said, hey, brother, let me tell you something. What you're doing now, that's going to end in pain and misery and suffering. You don't want to go down that road. I love you. But I've been there. Don't do it. It's wrong. Amen. Amen. Yes. We've got to do that, don't we? Yeah. We've got to do that. Yeah. So, God help him. as the Word of Christ dwells in us richly, we can be able to teach each other and admonish one another. Maybe even some outsiders as well. It means to warn somebody that if they continue in a certain behavior, God will chasten them. So we will have positive teachings to share. And also we'll have those negative warnings to give. I like Brother Kenneth Ridings, one of my... Uh, Dr. Kenneth Ridings, such a great man of God. I was at Fruitland and he would say, some you can warn and some you can win. But we got to warn them. Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> and this will come as a result of the indwelling of the Word of Christ richly in our hearts. You see, we're really being taught at this very moment. It's flowing into us as I speak. Yes, yes, That's what I'm yes. saying. Right. This is a real thing here. Because Christ's Word wants to dwell in us abundantly, each of us. And this must continue to happen. God bless him. And that's how we're going to get traction. We're going to let the peace of God rule. And the Word of God indwell in us. Now, so we can learn and teach each other and we can warn each other but it doesn't stop there. Now I want you to listen closely. Having the word of Christ dwell richly in us produces not only information but also emotion. There it goes again. Yeah. We talked about Feel. fact Feel. and we talked about feeling. Yes. So here, look at this part here. It begins to generate psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Amen. Do you like that? Yeah. Is that rich? Amen. You got the facts and they start bubbling up in you and you get to thinking about them. Yeah. Then you got to shout just a little bit. Then you got to thank God. Then you got to sing just a little bit. Amen. Now let's see. He gives us what these are. The Psalms. The Psalms. They are the Old Testament books of Psalter. That's what it really means if you look at mm -hmm. sort of a church history. But it's the Psalms. And they sang psalms to music like we do today. I remember when I first started dating Tammy. Is that 91? 90? 90? 90? And she liked sort of some contemporary stuff a little bit. And I remember Amy Grant, she sang this song. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Remember that one? That was good, right? And underneath that song it said, Amy Grant, 1991. I got news for you, brother. That's not Amy Grant. That's David. 2,100 years ago that Amen. that wrote that, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You got what I'm saying? So that's the Psalms that we sing those today. How about this one? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Where is that? Psalm 23. Can I get a witness right yeah. through there? Amen. How about this one? Bless the Lord, 
Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Mm -hmm. You like that? Yeah. This is the day, this yeah. is the day that the Lord hath made. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, man. Yes. So when we get those facts inside right. us, we think those songs are just for children. Uh -huh. You're wrong. Amen. They ought to be coming out of our mouth. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They ought, we ought to be singing them going down the road. We ought to be whispering them as we're picking up our groceries. We better whisper them because we look at that price and say, Lord, help me. This is the day. <laughs> isn't that right? uh, it's crazy, isn't it, out there? Uh, but we can get that peace and that joy in ourselves. Now the hymns were a little bit different. They were expressions of the praise of God. And it's thought that some portions of the New Testament, such as Colossians 1, 15 through 20, and Philippians 2, 6 through 11, and many, many more were literally in the in the early church, they were hymns that were sung regularly. And then spiritual songs, we've seen those too. Those are they're they're emphasized personal testimony. I give you an example, Revelations 5, 9. And, and it says, and they sang a new song. Thou art worthy to take the scroll and open its seal for thou wast slain and hast redeemed to God by the blood, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and made us unto our God a kingdom of priests and we shall reign on the earth. What about that? And we shall reign forever and ever. I'm telling you. That's what should happen in our life. By the way, I've done just a little study. I hope you don't mind. 185 psalms. 185 songs in the Bible. 80% are the psalms. But there's a lot more now. So, one of the longest books is the book of Psalms. Now, what's the longest song in the Bible? 119. Psalm 119. That's 1,732 words. We may get out of here by nine if we start right now. <laughs> the shortest song in the Bible is seven words. But Samson wrote a song. I'm talking Moses wrote a song. Yeah. Miriam wrote yeah. a song. Yeah. Deborah wrote a song. David wrote a song. Solomon wrote lots and lots of songs. Asaph, Isaiah, Amos, Ezekiel. And I'm just getting started. It is a Christian thing. Jesus and the apostles sang a hymn in the upper room after Christ's Last Supper. Yes. Matthew 26, 30. Paul and Silas, amen, sang nice. hymns in the prison before God broke them out in Acts 16, 25. Yeah. And there was 144,000 witnesses in John's revelation that sang a song before the throne of God. A song that only they knew. Yes. Good. God's redeemed people are a singing people. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. God bless them. We ought to be singing people. Yeah. yeah. Happy people are singing people. And I like to be happy, and I think the Christians ought to be the happiest people on the earth. Truth. I'm seeing that right here. Truth. We're talking about our emotion here. In fact, think about it. We're really the only ones that have anything positive to sing about. Amen. Amen. The truth. I mean, they say, I got a new car. I got a new house. I got a new job. I got all this done and look at me now. Yeah, and it's all going to burn when Jesus comes. Uh -huh. Whew, somebody pray for me, would you? Uh, but we live on forever mm -hmm. and ever. Amen. And ever. Isn't that right? Yes. It's beautiful. So I, I got to you a song. 
You ready for it? Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3. You ready? He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, and He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Amen. You know what it says here? Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. How's our singers? God bless him. How's our singers? Bless him, God. It says many will see it and trust in the Lord. Have we lost our song? God bless him. We got to get it back. Yeah. We've got to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We've got to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Amen. And then the song of Christ, the Psalms of Christ will come out naturally. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We can get some support. We can get some traction. God bless you. How's your singer? Have you lost your song? So first of all, when the Word of Christ dwells in us richly, it fills our heart with joy and peace. Then we'll be able to minister to others. Secondly, we're going to be a happy people who are a singing people. What happened? Well, it's the rich Word of Christ. That results in information. God bless Him. And then that information, when you get to thinking about it, I think I'll shout just a little bit. Amen. <laughs> I think I'll sing a little bit about that right, right now. Amen. About what God's... So that's what we do when we come together. We sing for a while and then we teach for a while. Right. Singing with grace. That's what it says. We're still here. We're, yes. stay, we're staying with our text here. Yes. We're singing with grace. Singing should be an outward expression of God's inward grace. Amen. I love that. Look closer at what else he says. Singing with grace in your hearts. In other words, we're taking the grace that's in our heart and putting it into verbal expression. God bless you. Singing in your hearts doesn't mean we don't use our voice. God wants to hear our voice when we're singing. Though I've got to ask a question. This is a good question. And and I was wrong for so many years. You asked me earlier, you said, are you singing anymore? Uh-huh. I come to Greg's church with those guys one time and sang, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Come over there, we use that one uh-huh. time and sang. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm almost ashamed to tell you this, but God's grace is marvelous. Let me tell you. Blessing God. So, Blessing God. I've sang in a lot of places for over 20 years. And I've said when we're there, we come to minister to you in song. We come to minister to you in song. And that sounds good, doesn't it? We come to minister to you in song. We come to edify you guys. Build you up in song. And and that sounds so good, but I understand from this scripture, I was 100% wrong. Right. It's okay. Don't Don't get down on me. I don't mind getting ministered to, but that's really not the purpose of music. According to this verse, These two verses. The purpose of music is to minister to the Lord. Singing to the Lord. Truthfully, we're being blessed as bystanders. We're to sing to the Lord, it says here. Amen? Amen. I'm just telling you. We have an audience of one. That's right. Uh 
We have an audience of one, and when we're singing, we're singing to Him. Do we get blessed? Absolutely. Sure. I love the sound of it. I love the tears that come out. I love the harmony and the unity in it. But let's just remember that we're singing to Him. Amen. That's truth. God bless Him. Well, that's pretty clear what He's saying here. He's given us important things that are essential in the life of the new man. And we're wrapping up here. Seek the peace of God and be thankful. Saturate our life with the Word of Christ. Live for and worship the Lord together. Lastly, verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. This is one last thought that really sums it all up. This is really the summation of verse 1 of that chapter all the way to verse 16 of that chapter. The simplest, most basic rule of thumb for living the Christian life is to do everything, whether word or deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's that simple. Paul declared the same thought. 1 Corinthians 10.31, write that down. He says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, whatever you do, make sure it's consistent with the person of Jesus Christ giving thanks to God. We're back to the overall chapter and book theme of the book of Colossians. When we put on the new man, we put on Christ. I'll close up with a verse that we read and we need to remember and it sums up everything. Romans 13, 14. Put, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. One way to say the whole thing, and you can see this plainly, the first 17 verses is summed up with put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our desire should be to look like Him. Mm-hmm. Our desire should be to be like Him. Yes. Our desire should to be Him, to be Christ in the world. God help us. When they see us, they should see Him. So may the peace of God rule in our hearts. May we be thankful. May the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. May our great desire be to do whatever we do in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world needs to see Jesus Christ, don't they? Amen. What would fix this world? Christ. How about a new type of doctor? Mm-hmm. How about a new drug? Mm-hmm. How about a new set of do this and do that? That's not happening, is it? Mm-hmm. They're putting fence or fences around wickedness right now. Do you understand that? Protecting it yes. around us. What does the world need? They need Christ. Amen. The question is this, can they see Him in me? And I hope we're in that place pastor, mm-hmm. that we're at least willing to take a step and say, I want to be Christ in this world. I want to be putting Christ on. I think that's going to finish me up right there, brother. And I was just wondering if you want to make an altar call. You sure do that. You know your people. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for listening to what the Lord laid upon my heart today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for coming.